Hey, welcome to the Me Show Mission. Two men, one podcast, every black film ever made. My name is Len, a.k.a. the Bat Tribble. And as always, I am joined by my partner. Hey, this is Vincent Williams. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we are playing basketball. You love that basketball. We're playing basketball. You love that basketball. Shake it up. It's just, just a big finish. Yes. Basketball. We're playing basketball because white men can't jump. White men can't jump. From 1992, starring Wesley Snipes, Woody Harrelson, Rosie Perez, Tyra Farrell, and directed and written by Ron Shelton. Yes. Yes, indeed. Vincent's selection for tonight's stop on the Michelle Mission that is streaming live and direct via StreamYard to YouTube, as well as on Facebook and LinkedIn. Hello to each and every one of you out there in the chat watching us as we are streaming live on a Tuesday evening. Good evening, one and all. How are you doing, Vincenzo? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah? I'm good. You know, whether it's taking a turn, it feels like fall. I know, right? It was 80 degrees yesterday here in Philadelphia. It's ridiculous. And today, voting the election day, it was what, maybe in the high 50s? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And yourself? I'm doing pretty good. Good to hear. I'm doing pretty good. I got up very early this morning. Um, so I've actually been up now close to 15 hours. Okay. So I'm sleepy. All right. All right. But I went out and I made sure that I voted. Very good. Did you vote? Yeah, we actually did mail-in voting. You did mail-in voting. Yeah, so we huh? voted already. Oh, okay. I, I was a little annoyed because I didn't get a sticker. That's true. You don't get a sticker. When you, you don't do get a, a sticker when you do the mail-in vote. Now, are you certain, absolutely certain, that you wrote the correct date on the front of the envelope? I am. Okay. Because you know there's a bit of a controversy I here in know. Pennsylvania. I know. No, no, no. We did the thing and got our um our our receipt, if you will. Mm-hmm. You know, we're we're good to go. Okay. Oh, I did. So that's right. You get a receipt letting you right, know right. that well, they received get, it. Right, that they received it. Mm-hmm. And that it is being counted. Okay. Right. Very good. Very good. Because here in Pennsylvania, ladies and gentlemen, in case you don't know, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court recently passed um, or ruled that any mail-in ballots that were received with either the incorrect date or no date at all would be set aside and would not be counted towards tonight's election or this yes, year's election yes yes that and that's 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 not cool that's a little bit of a stickler for the rules but mm, mm, I, I heard that john fetterman has already filed a lawsuit to see if he can't get that overruled yeah 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 it's it's a bit of a circus here in this democracy that we call america right now but that's what happens when you elect a con man as president and expect there to not be any repercussions. Amen. So, amen. All right, let's get into the show. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here. We are going to be off and running and having a good time. And we are going to be kicking off things with listener mail. Ah, missives from the missionaries. Indeed. Vincent, 
We do so love our missionaries and we, we love do. them. They send us mail. We do. Such as this from Bruce Woods. Hey, what's up, Bruce? Who says he is a newbie. Hey, Bruce. Been selectively binging for the past couple of months. That's the way to do it. On your Elmore Leonard ranking. Okay. He would have Jackie Brown and Out of Sight up top. Okay. With Get Shorty um, closing in at third place. Wow. So he likes Out of Sight better than Get Shorty. I haven't seen Out of Sight. That's the one with uh, Jennifer Lopez and George and, Clooney. And George Clooney, yeah. And, and them in the in the trunk, if I remember. Like, that's the big scene. That, that right, 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 right. Yeah. I remember it being good. I do remember I it being remember good. I don't remember a lot of details about it. I remember it being good, but I remember it being good, but like a good piece of fluff. Like, it didn't right. stick at all. You know right. what I mean? And I can't see, I certainly can't see it holding up against Get Shorty. Well. Um, and I don't see it holding up against Jackie Brown. But to be fair, I haven't seen it in right, right, right. A while. Just don't remember and need to revisit it. So because of Bruce, maybe we'll revisit it. Because of Bruce, why would Bruce have us revisit it? Isn't that who just wrote? The oh, because of Bruce. Oh, okay, but because it's not a black film, we have no reason to. Revisit oh, I meant it. revisited as like citizens of the world. No. I didn't mean like here on the no, show. I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> There's no black people in it. And I can't do it for the show. Why would I even watch it? I'm not, I'm not doing that. Good too. <laughs> no, no. Uh, he continues. There was a 2014 indie film starring Most Deaf as a young Ordell Robbie. I saw that note and meant to bring that up. And and John Hawks in the Robert De Niro role, kind of a comedy. He says, "I don't. I, I don't know." I have to look that up. Yeah, yeah. I saw most Steph played that character younger, and I was like, huh. He's going back to the binge now. As a man in your in our demographic, he says, I've been plagued by the post-shaft black exploitation era. I will try to see Truck Turner. Oh, yeah, you gotta see Truck Turner. Yeah, Bruce, do yourself a favor. See Truck Turner. You gotta see Truck Turner, Bruce. You will you will enjoy yourself some some Truck Turner, trust me. Thank you for writing in. You really will. And thank yeah, thank you very much. We really appreciate that. Um, let's see. We also got, let me see if I got it here. We got a comment from Unc LP66. Hey, Unc LP66. Or Uncle P66. Hey, Uncle P66. In regards to our review of Jackie Brown, he said it was a great review. However, it was the Delphonics playing, not the emotions. Oh, and he is right. He is right. I, I, I knew. I remember that in the moment, but I just didn't go right, back and right, correct which it. The emotions are actually women. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you, you are correct. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you, Uncle. Our, our new favorite Uncle. I always get them mixed up with the three degrees. The you get the the emotions mixed up with the three degrees. Were the three degrees up? Were they women too? Lynn, sometimes <laughs> I don't think you even pay attention when we did. We had a whole ass conversation <laughs> about the episode of Sanford and Son with the three degrees. We had a whole conversation. That's right. I remember. 
I remember. You don't even pay, like you don't even pay attention. Look, I, excuse me, excuse me, Vince. As we pull the curtains behind <laughs> what's going on here, as you sit there and just are free to be Vince. However, I am running the mics. Yes, running the cameras. This very I, often this looking was, up things. This wasn't a conversation on the show. This was just as citizens and friends. I'm I'm always on the show when I'm with you. Uh huh. <laughs> Yes, Lynn, the three degrees were because remember, I told you the episode made me uncomfortable because I think Rollo was their pimp. Yes, I remember you saying that. I remember you saying that. It's been a while since I've seen I've seen that show. Yeah, yeah. Oh, if only we had some exercise in which we would be talking about Sanford and Son. <laughs> I mean, would you remember it? I would at that point. Right, right. Moving on. Yeah, yeah. You want to move on now, don't you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, little, that's a little bit more behind the scenes, ladies and gentlemen, that we can't get into. All right. By way of listener mail, also, we got a, a review, a really cool review on iTunes. Oh, okay. Nice. This is from Robert Kaplowitz. Hey, Robert. Brilliant, insightful, hilarious, and full of heart. I'm a huge believer in art as a means of overcoming cultural divides. Vincent Len offers so much insight, excitement, and depth of feeling on their mission to review every Black film ever made that they open up innumerable aspects of Black culture to those of us who grew up outside of it. Thus, they make me laugh my butt off. I've made it my mission to listen to every new episode, and the time I've spent rolling back through their archives has been so rewarding. Thanks to you and the whole team at The Mission. Oh, thank you, Robert. That is a great review. Yeah, that is a great review. Excellent. I wanted to shout out, we ask you all to help us make our way to 200 reviews on Apple Podcasts, ladies and gentlemen, if you have a moment, if you really want to help the show, that's the way you can help our show. We're trying to reach 200 reviews by the end of the year. So we're inching ever so close. So all the more, you know, just go there, give us a ranking. If you want to leave us a review, that's even better. But a ranking will do the job. Appreciate a lot, folks. All right, Vince. All right. Have you seen recently... The teaser trailer for Kindred. I did see the trailer for Kindred. Did you see that? I did. So I'm ever closer to thinking it's actually going to happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kindred, based on the best-selling novel by Octavia Butler, will be debuting December 13th on Hulu. And they just put out a trailer for it. It's very, very ethereal. Very yeah. doesn't give anything really away, except you. If you read the book, you know that it it, it messes around with time travel. Yes, um, with a young writer, um, seemingly going back and forth through uh, through the days of slavery mm-hmm. to um, relatively the twenty first century. And I, I believe the book takes place in the seventies. Yeah, but yeah, they, it looks, it, yeah. But they've adapted it updated it and the tv series takes place in 2016 yeah yes absolutely yes which i think is uh very smart, very smart. well we'll see no you, you don't you don't think that's a we'll see well <laughs> you, you sound trepidatious a little bit go ahead it's, it's talk talk here's the thing what is the thing 
I don't want to give away too much of the plot mm-hmm. because, you know, if people are just coming to it, the show, I think part of the tension of the main character being in an interracial relationship mm-hmm. in the seventies. Oh, okay. Okay. Is that it was a much more controversial pairing mm-hmm. than it would be in 2016. And I think that was part of the plot. Yeah. Okay. I hear you. But the showrunner and executive producer, Brandon, I want to make sure I get the name, Brandon Jacobs uh, Jenkins in an interview said their reasoning for changing the year was because they didn't want to give people the excuse to say, oh, it takes place in the 70s. That's how they would have reacted then. Sure. You know, sure. So they so that's why they wanted to put it in a place where people could really come at it where they are right now. Sure. And and let's face it, to be honest, while an interracial marriage would have been um the toleration of an interracial marriage would have been less in 1976 than it is in 2016, it doesn't mean that it is not still right you know, something that people bump up hard against. Right. Especially remember the world as it was turning in 2016. True. That's true. And I'm wondering how much they'll fold that into it. Yeah. 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 But, but I, but it looked, what'd you think of the trailer? What'd you think? I thought it looked really good. I Mm -hmm. thought it looked really interesting. Um, The series is going to star Mallory Johnson in the lead role. Um, then uh, Makai Stock, Gail Rankin, Austin Smith, David Alexander, Kaplan, Sophina Brown, and Shira Irving. It looked, here's the one thing I will say about it that really caught my eye and made me even more impressed. Mm-hmm. It looked like they had a nice budget. Yes, yes, it does. That's what I mostly liked mm-hmm. about it. It looked like they went on location. They looked like they, like, they spent some money on the the wardrobe, the mm-hmm. settings, everything wardrobe. felt true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's I'm like, OK, all right. Not that FX ever goes cheap on anything. No, no. But, but, but there's more commitment mm-hmm. than in some projects than there are other projects. Exactly. I was I was really intrigued by the tone. OK. I never thought of Kindred as a horror story because you think of Octavia Butler and you always default to science fiction. Mm -hmm. And when you think about time travel, there's, that's certainly a a science fiction theme that you see a lot. See, but I didn't think, although there's nothing about this that is science fiction-y in the text, I just never thought about, it. but this really struck me, you know, with, with the discordant violins, like it was very much <clears throat> in that Jordan peel kind of feel. Yeah. Which I guess, which I don't know. I guess lives close or, to horror. Yeah. I, I read it more of a suspense. Right. But it felt like us. Yeah. In yeah. Tone. Well, I mean, it's not hard to imagine, even though this has been in the works for quite some time. Right. It's not hard to imagine that with the success of Jordan Peele sure. and his works, that that kind of like lit the fire to, okay, 
we've got maybe an angle we can really come at this and really got it all the way home to where it's going to be debuting. And let's be clear, if you're a black person in 2016 and you start getting transported back in time to the time of slavery, late 1800s, uncontrollably, Mm -hmm. that's actually a horror story. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, well, certainly. So I actually really appreciated that. I was like, oh, okay. So, yeah, but looking forward to it a great deal. And I think all the episodes are dropping. Yeah, that's see that. And I couldn't find any more information about that. But um, so it looks like all of the episodes, which I believe are supposed to be either six or eight, are going to be dropping on that day. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that, though. Now, I'll be honest. Mm -hmm. I while I can appreciate the binge mode that Netflix has kind of got gotten people into i i also appreciate that things coming out on a weekly basis kind of does build the momentum for people you know and people don't feel lost right people don't people are not ahead of the game in the conversation right you know the people are having the same conversation at the same time right and experience experiencing it introducing it to people and people don't don't have like a whole big wall of shows that they got to catch up on. Right. Um, so I don't really, I don't really like that idea. Mm-hmm. I, I wish that it, they opt for it to be um, weekly. Now, that being said, putting all of them out there does open it up, especially around the holiday season, the, mm-hmm. the the winter break where people maybe one day just sitting around in the house, you turn this on and you can watch it all day. Yeah. And it's a bingeable story. Well, yeah, like it really is yeah. something that you can. Well, binge. OK. Or read in one one or two sittings. OK. So now for those of you who are fans of the Michelle mission, as you may remember Vincent and I announced a couple of weeks ago that we are going to be doing a separate podcast where we will be reviewing each episode of Kindred. Now, we didn't know at the time that they were going to drop all the shows all at once. However, I think we should still do it on a weekly basis. I agree. And watch one show a week and bring you an episode a week of our review of Kindred. We haven't named the show yet because we're still dotting the I's and crossing the T's on our last host. We do know who one of our, our hosts is going to be four hosts, Vincent and I, and two uh, young ladies are going to be joining us. One of them is already secured. Um, and she's eagerly waiting one for the show to come on and two for us to just say her name and just announce it. Um, but we're just dotting the uh, getting things set with the other hosts. So we'll be announcing that as soon as we can so that we can then come up with a name and tell you exactly what it's going to be. And you can watch Kindred with the men of the Me Show and them. Looking forward to that. Oh, yeah. That promises to be big fun. Top five. Who's your top five? top five where i come up with a top five list that i give to vincent and he tells me how right or wrong i am even though he knows nothing about what i'm talking about so the tonight's tonight's top five uh in honor of our reviewing white men 
Can't Jump, a film that some people consider the best basketball movie of all time. It it is is a contender. It's it, it it's 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 very much a contender. Very much a contender. Yeah. In honor of that, I present to you, Vincent, the top five basketball actors. Oh, okay. Now these are basketball players who have acted. Okay. All right. I know one off the top of my head. Well, okay, I can't wait to hear who's on this list. Now, this is going is is a top five, but it's going from my idea of the worst. Okay. To the, the best. best. Sure. Now, Excellent. There's a criteria. Okay. Because there actually have been close to 50 basketball players that have acted in one way or another. Okay. Either on television or in movies. Sure. Now, one, I kept this strictly to movies. Okay. So these are black act, black, and these are only black basketball okay. players that have acted in movies. Sorry, Yao Ming. <laughs> Sorry, Yao. Um, they have either been the star of their film. Okay. Or they have made such a um, profound uh, uh, contribution to the film that critics talked about it, whether or not it was good or bad. Okay. So thus, so say like Kevin Durant, he is he has acted, but PB, you know, he's been in a couple of movies, but he, you know, right, 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 right. right. He didn't really make a mark. Okay, so I'm not going to pick on him. All right, all right, all right, all so, right. Starting at number five, should we go five and one or one to five? Hey, man, it's your list. Okay, I'm just here for color commentary. There you go. Well, let's go from five to number one, and number five should be no doubt. It is Shaquille O'Neal. That's that's a pretty easy target for his um, performance in Steel. Steel, where he plays a weapons engineer. <laughs> Do need we say more? Who then has a secret identity as, as a superhero? Who could that seven foot tall, ball headed black man be? It's such a mystery because he has a mask on. <laughs> hey, there's Dr. There's Dr. John Irons, a seven foot tall, ball headed black man who's a weapons designer. I wonder if he knows anything about the mysterious seven, seven foot, foot ball headed black, black man, man who has a mask <laughs> on. <laughs> And a whole lot of weapons. <laughs> I'm stealing. I'm here to fight crime. <laughs> <laughs> and also, Ray J's in it. Yes. There you go, Bruce. You can check that out in the archives. <laughs> yes, we haven't made our way to Kazam yet. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh, yeah, we can only go up from here. Oh, we can only go up. <laughs> this next one pains me. Okay. This this hurts me a little bit. Okay. Number four is Julius Irving in The Fish That Saved Pittsburgh. You know, I disagree with you about this. Look, 
I like man. Dr. J in the fish that saved Pittsburgh. Look, man. Look, man. Dr. J is literally one of my three idols in life. Okay. Okay. So this hurts me. And I went and saw this movie. I was so ready to see. You know I love, love this, this movie. movie. It's a, it's a it's a fun movie. But Dr. J is just fine as Moses. <laughs> no, he's, no, he's not. He is Dr. J, and I I love Dr. J. When Dr. J is playing basketball, he is the most charismatic, effervescent force of nature on the basketball court the 70s ever saw into the 80s. Changed the way the game is played. The second Dr. J sits down, it's all gone. It's all gone. He was in a film with Stalker Channing. <laughs> yes. Yes, he was. And Jonathan Winters. And Jonathan Winters. And James Bond the third. Right. And you know who acted better than him? <laughs> All three of them. All three of them. <laughs> and mind you, James Bond the third at the time was 10. Yes, he was. <laughs> he was also there when Norm Nixon met Debbie Allen. <laughs> I love the fish that saved Pittsburgh. It's a fun I will movie. take no disrespect in any way, form, or fashion against the fish that saved Pittsburgh. I'm not disrespecting a movie. You're disrespecting Dr. J. I'm disrespecting Dr. Moses. J. He had a whole song called Moses. Moses. <laughs> His idea with a date was taking a girl to the basketball she court. Talked, she talked real <laughs> slick about basketball players. Basketball players are dumb. And they you don't know about hard work. <laughs> and then he put her in the Rolls Royce and took her to the playground and took his jacket off because he had on a three-piece suit. And then he seduced her with the power of basketball. With the power of dunks. <laughs> Every day I'd get up and work real hard. Moses. <laughs> the strategy was to get get all the players, and they were all Pisces. Yeah, that was the, that was the strategy. And then the Silvers came out and had a song. All right. <laughs> Wasn't Rallo then pimp? <laughs> <laughs> See. All right, so that was number three. That was Dr. J. No, that's number four. That was number four. Sorry. See, even you know he should be hired. <laughs> no, he shouldn't. Number three. Number three. Ray Allen. Wow, you have him at three. And he got game. Ray Allen, ladies and gentlemen, was so good and he got game. Yeah. Versus Denzel Washington. That... And he was like, I think he had just come out of college. So he was making his way into the pros. Mm -hmm. I think he, he had been drafted and was going to the pros. And I'm not a big follower of college basketball, mm -hmm. but I knew, I, I heard that he was a college basketball player and, you know, he was doing this. And I was like, oh man, he's just going to keep on acting. Yes. He was really, really good. Ray Allen is so good and he got game. I didn't know he was an actual basketball player. Yeah, yeah. Someone told me after the fact, oh, you know, he's a bat. I was like, I thought he was just an actor. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to see who you think 
who the two players are better than him. Controversy ensues. Yeah. So there we have Ray Allen and he got game. Because I assumed he'd be your number one. He's not my number one. Okay. But he's up there. He's up there. The the degrees, like right now, three, two, and one. Well, three and two, the degrees of difference is not that big. Okay. But there's one big difference. Okay. And number two. Okay. Is LeBron James? Oh come on! Now wait a minute. Stop. No, I won't. No, I go won't. ahead. No, go I won't. Ahead. Go let ahead. me let me make my argument. Now, LeBron James was the lead actor in Space Jam: A New Legacy. Yes, he was. Right. And he's not asked to do much in there. He's asked basically to take over for Michael Jordan in this big dumb live action cartoon hybrid. Right. Yes. And it was a dumb movie, but in it, he was okay. Okay. You know, he was as good as Michael Jordan was in the first space. Jam, sure. I'm right? trying to hear how he's better than Ray Allen and he got game. Here's the difference. Being as good as Michael Jordan in the, the original space jam and Michael Jordan wasn't bad. You know, right. it, it was okay. LeBron James is every bit as, is every bit as good as, as he is. He's just saddled with a worse movie and a worse story. Okay. But he's just as good as he is. But then you put that beside LeBron James in Trainwreck. Did you see Trainwreck? I did not. He pretty much plays himself in Trainwreck, but he is definitely a like a supporting actor in okay. the film. And he's actually very, very good. Okay. He's very good. Gets over a line. He, he he is, he's like really surprisingly very good with his timing and everything like that. And I thought that considering that he was well in train wreck and still able to show that he could lead a movie, that's why I put him a notch over Ray Allen. Okay, if that's your argument. That's my argument. Neither one of these movies are as good as He Got Game, where he... We're not rating the movie. Okay, but he also didn't act opposite the caliber of actor like Denzel Washington or Rosario Dawson, which Ray Allen does. Very true. Or Hill Harper. Very true. And he does not embarrass himself in that movie. Ray Allen is very good in that movie. He is. The other argument against that is, is that that was that he did the one movie true a long time ago. That's now that's true. You know? Okay. So he's like, wow, he's and he was good. Yeah. But it was just the one movie. Right, 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 right. You know, if LeBron James maybe only has one movie to his then maybe you could say, right. Okay. All All right. right. Okay. All right. And number one. Number one. Uh-huh. Bit of a controversy here. Here we go. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar <laughs> in Airplane. Now, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I'll allow it. Exactly. Because he's not a good actor at all. I'll tell you what. When he grabbed that little boy. <laughs> he's done what every one of us has wanted to do our entire lives. Is just grab a little white boy and just <laughs> shake him. He said, I've been hearing that since I was in college. About 
I believe Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's you believe every frustrations. Word. I could I could see Kareem like, no, we're gonna have to rewrite this line. <laughs> this is what I would say. And then, like, and as funny and as iconic as that scene is, because airplane, which people herald, right, yeah. rightfully so. But if you watch it now, you're laughing, but some of the laughs are dated. Sure. It, some of the, you know, some of the satire is even a little dated, a little forced. Sure. But that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar moment is fantastic. It still rings out. Yeah. It still sells it. And another moment that people sleep on, you don't see people notice, is later on in the in the movie, they have to race to the cockpit uh-huh. because the, the pilots are knocked out. And Kareem is there because he, he's the pilot. And now he's dressed in his Lakers suit. Right. He has <laughs> one of his, yes. his jerseys. Yes. And his goggles. And his goggles. Yeah. And he's knocked out. Yeah. I just think that's priceless. I'll allow Kareem to Jabbar. It's iconic. It is. It's it iconic. Is. It's it like is. the movie's 50 years old. Yeah. It's still iconic. And I know people ask him about that all the time. All the freaking time. Yeah. So that's why he is number one. And yes, yes, Damon, you called it. You called it. It, it it's uh <laughs> Kareem Abdul Jabbar was number one. I didn't even think about him in Game of Death um with Bruce Lee. Oh, you sure wasn't Game of Death. Yeah. That's right. And you know karate. Yeah. And he, and he's in it. Okay. <clears throat> I I don't no. No. I don't I don't I don't <laughs> I don't see Game of Death. So <laughs> That's a sore spot. All right. So th- All right. So there you go. Wait, why is Game of Death a sore spot? Because most people, when they think of Game of Death, they think of the Game of Death that was released. And that was the movie that uh, Bruce Lee didn't finish. Right, right. And they had the doubles. They had the doubles yeah. and the paste up faces yeah. and all that type of stuff. What you need to get, ladies and gentlemen, I don't. I think it's out of print. There was a special edition of the Enter the Dragon uh, DVD that had all, all of Bruce Lee's footage that he shot for the death on it, including an extended fight scene between him and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I have that. That's my game of death. That's your game of death. But that was never released. It was never released. So there you go. If you're not a hip film dude like Lynn. It's like Lynn, Spike Lee, Wes Anderson. <laughs> Just sitting. All right, go ahead. All right, so that's my top five. All right. All right, okay. Moving on. Moving on. It is time for the Game of Kings. Ah, uh, yes. Not the Game of Death, but the Game of Kings. <laughs> Not as many track suits. Not as many. That's the Six Degrees of Durville Martin, where Vincent will attempt to get from an actor of my choosing to that 70s basketball phenom. <laughs> Absolutely. Durville pretty Martin. Sure, pretty sure he played for the ABA at least for four or five games. <laughs> Probably. Uh, they took whoever they could get. Vincent, we are going to try and stump you. Okay. Tonight. All right. And I think one of these will. Okay. All right. All right. Would you like Mr. 
or Mrs. Ladies first. Ladies first. It's a whole song called Ladies First. And six movies or less. Six movies or less. Get from Derville Martin. To the Lady Stumper. Naomi Harris. Wait. Naomi Harris? From from like Moonlight, Naomi Harris? Was she in Moonlight? You tell me. She she was? Okay. Oh. <laughs> oh okay. <laughs> okay. All right, so so Dur- <laughs> Dur- Durville Martin is in um um okay, so I'm gonna get to Naomi Harris. Jervo Martin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You said that. Yes, I did. <laughs> I did indeed say that. Derville Martin is in. Dervo Martin is in five on the black hand side mm-hmm. with Leonard Jackson. Mm-hmm. Leonard Jackson is in. Leonard Jackson is in. Are you over there trying to be cute? No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm (laughs) I'm actually a little foggy headed. All right. So Leonard Jackson is in Boomerang with Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy is in. um, Eddie Murphy is 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 in Coming to America with Samuel Jackson. I'm having a, a really hard time getting right to Naomi Harris. Yeah, you are incredulous. Naomi Harris. Right, right, right. And then I realize <laughs> you, you know, like 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 I'm I'm trying to get the moonlight, but that's like Mahershala Ali and um and um Janelle Monet are my two big names. And then I know she's in the Bond movies. And then I realize the Bond movies. I don't really know who to get to that quick. And then she was just in my favorite movie of the past two or three years, which is Swan Song. And that's Mahershala Mahershala Ali again. I didn't see that. It's really, really, really good. All right, let me let me let me let me hunker down. I did not think this would be the one. I know, right? I know, right? Okay. Okay. 
Okay. All right. Same same path. So Leonard five on the black hand side to Leonard Jackson. Leonard no, but right right to Leonard Jackson. Wow, I'm really foggy headed over here all of a sudden. Because I'm trying to get to. See, now I'm trying to get to Daniel Kalua. I know I'm all over the place. <laughs> you are. I know. <laughs> you are all over the place, Vince. Right, right. I can also try and get to Glenn Close. Mm, there's, a, there's someone you could get to a lot quicker and easier. You know what? I'm, I'm going to, yeah, who? Who can I get to a lot quicker and easier? Idris. What the hell is she in with Idris Elba? Well, that would give it away. Oh, obviously you don't know. <laughs> the hell was she in with Idris Elba? Do you want to call? You want to call it? You know what I am. I'm going to call it. Okay. Who was she in? Yeah, uh, she was with Idris Elba in Mandela. Long Walk to Freedom. Oh, yeah. I never even saw that. Where Idris played Mandela. Yeah. Um, but you also could have gotten to uh, she is in The Rampage with The Rock, which is <laughs> a really dumb but fun movie. Yeah. I, I, I just like I like it. It's dumb. It's dumb. Yeah. It's it's she's in you mentioned that she's in the Bond movies. She's also in the Pirates of the uh Caribbean movies, at least two of them. Right. Yeah. So she's she's in a in a few. And then she's in Moonlight. And she's in Moonlight. Moonlight, which is yeah. Mahashala Ali. I could not get it. I I'm you know how when you get over a cold and you think you're okay? But the, uh, it's so funny, I was talking to Wendy about this earlier, where I just felt a little run down, like I was on the bike, and I was like, this is harder than it should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is, you're not over it yet. I'm not actually over it. No, like, I not. thought it was, like, how can I not get to Naomi Harris? <laughs> I don't know. But somehow you didn't get Somehow there. I didn't get to Naomi you Harris. You did not get there. And I'm, I, to be honest, okay, so you went to Leonard Jackson, and then you got to to I come into America. I could not get to La Ali. All right, so you want to, you got to come into America to, to Eddie Murphy, right? Right. Okay. So you or hell, Sam Jackson. I was trying to get from Sam Jackson to Sam Jackson. From there, you could go Sam Jackson to, um, and I'm not looking at the chat. So Damon and Aaron Fry. No, 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 no. So from Sam Jackson, you could get to. Oh, here's something. Get to Mahershala Ali. That's what I'm trying to go. Because that's what jammed me up. That's what I'm trying to go. I'm trying to get to Mahershala Ali. You would get there from, oh, okay. Sam Jackson gets you to. Because the Marvel movies are a dead end. Because he's Blade in Eternals, but Eternals doesn't actually link to anything. I'm trying to think of the other voices in Into the Spider-Verse. Into the Spider-Verse. And you know what? 
I was trying to get to Brian Tyree Henry or Daniel Kalua because I was going to try and get to Lashana Lynch. Oh, I knew Samuel Jackson. Samuel Jackson gets you to Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel gets you to um, Lashana Lynch. No, not not Lashana Lynch. The, um, the lead. Yeah. Um, who's the lead? Who's the who's the lead? Who's the lead actress? Who's Captain Marvel? Oh. Brit, yeah, Brie, Brie. Yeah, but Lashana Lynch plays Monica Rambeau, doesn't she? Yes, but th- but that that's that's not where I'm going. But Lashana Lynch can get you to 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 the last Bond movie, which I'm assuming Naomi Harris is in that too. Uh, which was No Time to Die. Yeah. Aren't they both? Yeah, she that? wasn't. She wasn't that. Okay, so you're right. I'm trying to think. What was Captain? All right, now I'll look at the chat. What was Captain Marvel's name? I know somebody put her out there. Um, no, no, they didn't. Uh, yeah, Naomi Harris jammed me up. Yeah, she jammed me up too. Because I'm trying to. Because I'm thinking Samuel Jackson is in Captain Marvel with the lead actress, mm-hmm. whose name is I'm escaping. And what's she in? She was in. Kong Island, but that's also with Samuel Jackson. Yeah, and how does that get you to Naomi Harris? No, 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 no. I was going to her to get to. Somehow that was going to get me to Marshall Ali. I can't remember. All right, it doesn't matter. Yeah, Brie Larson. Thank you, Robert Monroe. Yeah, yeah Naomi Harris jammed me up. Yes, yeah, you thought that was going to be the easy one? I thought that was going to be the easy. Oh one. boy, well, what's the hard one? <laughs> okay, I don't know if we got another hour. Uh, uh, I know. Let's see. Next one, Vincent. In six movies or less. Oh, you're never going to get this. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. From Durville Martin to. The uh, 90s equivalent of Turville Martin, Romani Malco. Well, here's the funny thing about getting to Romani Malco. Romani Malco, you can get to him because Durville Martin is his father. No. <laughs> Yeah, this is, how, this is how you get to Romani Malco. Here's the funny thing. I got a couple of ways to get to Romani Malco. How you like that? The fog is lifted. No, 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 no. Dervil Martin is, you know, five on the black hand side with Lester um Leonard Jackson. Leonard Jackson. Leonard Jackson is in Boomerang with um, Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy is, no, no, Leonard Jackson. Yes, Leonard Jackson is in Boomerang with Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy is in Coming to America with Sam Jackson. Sam Jackson is in um, Eve's Bayou with Megan Good. Mm-hmm. Now I gotta get there faster. I gotta get there faster. Okay, 
I'm going to go to my old standby, Dick Anthony Williams. Dick Anthony Williams, 5 on a black hand said Dick Anthony Williams is in Mo Better Blues with Samuel Jackson. Mm-hmm. Samuel Jackson is in um, Eve's by with Megan Good. Megan Good is an anchorman too with um, with um, The Office. Oh, Steve Carell. Steve Carell. Steve Carell is in The 40-Year-Old Virgin with Romani Malco. Very good, Vincent. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Romani Malco has been in quite a few films. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I actually, I actually like him. I like him because the the man don't age. No, he don't age. I think he still plays teenagers. Yeah, yeah. And he's 53 years old. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was in Think Like a Man 2. Okay, did not see that. As well as the first. Did not see that. Either. He was in your one of your favorite movies, Top 5. He sure was in Top 5. Because he was what you would call its manager. Mm-hmm. And he was in just look, and he was in. I th- I think you like this movie, don't you? Like Blades of Glory. <laughs> I forgot he was in Blades of Glory. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he shows up. Yeah, he 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 does a lot of TV too. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it was a little, you know, dicey. You know, I didn't know how you were going to pull him out. But, yeah, but you did it, Vince. Yeah, that was easier than Naomi Harris. That was a lot easier than Naomi Harris jammed me up. Naomi Harris jammed you up a little bit. Yeah. It admittedly, you will admit, it shouldn't have been as hard as it was. Yeah, yeah. That's some, sometimes how it goes. Yeah. And I like her a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like her a lot. So. All right. Let's get into our review, Vincent. Okay. Time to get into our review of White Men Can't Jump. We'll be back with the film review soon as we do something funky and have steps in it. It's not about black. I don't mean to brag, but I'm the greatest. That's because you never saw me. It's not about white. Honey, I'm home. How much money did you make today? I missed you too. I'm sorry, honey. It's about green. I want to find out how good you are, chump. I'm your white shadow. I have a business proposal for you, as if you don't mind hustling. What kind of hustle? Five hundred dollars, baby, and you can pick my teammate. Give him the chump. You mean play basketball? Hey, pretty boy, I got something for you. Shut your anorexic, malnutrition, tapeworm having, overdose, Dick Gregory, Bahamian diet drinking ass up. Give me my money. I see you hustle. Hey, I never use those goofy white mother. Hey, who you calling goofy white mother? Give me your money. Five hundred divided by two. How much do you love me? I love you, Infinity. Oh, Billy, you're so stupid. You should have said I love you, Infinity, plus Infinity. We shoot you, Billy, but first we want the money. There are rules to hustling. There's an ethics involved. Yeah, that you wouldn't know a damn thing about. <laughs> Will you explain to this Gladys Knight and the pimps? It's pips. The pips. 
Winning and losing is all one big organic lobby. I hate it when you talk like that. You got that big Z in your fro, man. What are you, the black Zorro? What are you doing? I'm doing two things. What? I'm making them mad. Most guys don't play good when they're mad. Look, you know you're embarrassing me. That's what you're doing. Yeah, well, that's the other thing I'm doing. I only have four words for you. White men can jump. White Man Can't Jump, a 1992 American sports comedy film written and directed by Ron Shelton, starring Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson as streetball hustlers. Also features Tyra Farrell and Rosie Perez as their paramours, as it were, in this urban dramedy, maybe? that was inspired by some real life events that happened in the life of Ron Shelton. If the oral history is to be believed and it is Vincent's selection for tonight's stop on the Michelle mission, Vincent, what say you of white men can't jump? Well, a bit of programming before we get into the review or, or a program note, if you will, as, as Lynn mentioned the the oral history i will just go ahead and say up top i will be referencing what i believe is the greatest oral history of a film ever written and that would be the oral history of white men can't jump which was published in 2012 on the dearly departed grantland website by thomas goli golionopoulos golionopoulos uh, August 2012. It is still widely available on the internet, and I strongly suggest everyone read this oral history. Gotcha. So start there. Now that I've said that, I think White Men Can't Jump is a great film. Mm. And I think it is a film that from the very beginning is confident. It is assured. It is it is filmmaking by Ron Shelton, as he said, he both wrote and directed it, that he had a complete understanding of the film he wanted to make. He had complete trust of everyone involved in the production. And it is a film that that holds up on a lot of different levels. Mm almost from the moment that it came out. As he said, this is a film that centers on two street bat street ball players. You have you have Billy Hole, Billy Hoyle. Hoyle, who is a disgraced basketball player, a college basketball player, played by Woody, Woody Harrelson, who has gambling debts, who has overall debts to loan sharks involving both he and his girlfriend, Gloria, played by Rosie Perez. Mm-hmm. And then you have Sid, Sidney Dean, played by Wesley Snipes, who is real hand to mouth. And while he is a streetball hustler, that is one of many gigs. Yes. He's that a hustler. He, has. <laughs> he a hustler. is a hustler as he's trying to hold together his family, including his wife, played by Tyra Farrell. And the plot of the film is the two of them hustling. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they hustle together. 
Sometimes they hustle separately. Sometimes they hustle each other. Right. And while this is a loose plot, the brilliance of how loose the plot is, is that there is space for the actors to act, to improvise, to bounce off of each other, and for these actors to show their athleticism Mm -hmm. as basketball players. And back to the first thing I say, Ron Shelton is a very confident, very assured director, and he captures all of it. Yeah. He captures all of it. This is part of my ongoing appreciation of Wesley Snipes. As I've mentioned over the past few weeks, as we've mentioned throughout the journey, I think Wesley Snipes is one of the most gifted entertainers of the 21st of the 20th century going into the 21st century as an actor. I I think Wesley Snipes can be dramatic. Mm -hmm. I think Wesley Snipes can can do action. Mm -hmm. And I think Wesley Snipes can do comedy. You have a combination of all of those skills on display in this film. Worth noting that, again, if you look at the oral history, if you look at what everyone says, Wesley Snipes was the least basketball-y. Yes. Wesley Snipes was the one who had to be coached and had to be trained to play basketball. Yeah, not coached, trained. Trained. (laughs) Woody Harrelson apparently has a little bit of game. Yeah. You have basketball players peppered throughout the the cast. You have um working actor who I'm a fan of. You you, you see him here and there. I actually remember him uh mostly from from school days. Silk Kozer, mm-hmm. who plays Robert, who's kind of a supporting actor, but he and Ron Shelton knew each other from playing basketball in Hollywood. Yeah. So he's a basketball player. Michelle Mission favorite, yours, mine, and everyone's, Kadeem Hardison, mm-hmm. is straight Brooklyn. Yeah. So he knows his way around the court. But then Wesley Snipes had no real experience. So he had to be trained. And I, I have to say, if I didn't know that, I would just assume that this was part of Wesley Snipes' activity, that he was a ball player. The way he moves on the court, the way he bounces off of Woody Harrelson, the way he moves with the other players. So just on the level of an entertaining sports film, as you said, people have argued that this is the greatest basketball film ever made. Hoosiers, of course, is the one that always comes up against that. And I have to say, depending on what day you ask me, I would pick Hoosiers. I just saw White Men Can't Jump, so I'm going to say White Men Can't Jump is the greatest basketball film ever made. But if I go home and watch Hoosiers, I might say it's Hoosiers. Regardless, this is just a great, entertaining sports film. Mm -hmm. I think the script is fantastic. Again, a lot of improv. Yeah. A lot of improvised lines, a lot of 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 smack talking as you get in in um 
on the basketball court. But you you find that a lot of it was improvised and that Ron Shelton trusted the players enough mm-hmm. as actors mm-hmm. and as performers to bounce off of each other. My favorite, well, my second favorite anecdote from um from this, from from this film and from the oral history, Kadeem Hardison talks about them going back and forth with your mama jokes. And Kadeem Hardison wanted to have good material. So he would call back to Brooklyn to get advice and get material. And one of the people that he called was Bismarcky. I know. So I love I love the image of Kadeem Hardison calling Bismarcky and them trading your mama jokes on the phone. And of course, Bismarcky gives him a your mama joke that is a bit too, <laughs> too crass. Right, right. Too true to the spirit of the thing. Yeah. But I love the sort of embedded commentary on how these 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 are the working poor like they are scuffling mm-hmm. like they are real hand to mouth and and you you sort of foreshadowed my my real love of this film when you said it's a dramedy it's a comedy that has serious moments it's a serious film with comedic moments because everyone in this film is on the edge of the abyss. And in my mind, Ron Shelton's greatest achievement with this film is that he has made this really entertaining film, Mm -hmm. but you never lose sight of how close everyone in this film is to the edge. And the way those tones work together is just remarkable. Something else that I don't think really gets enough credit with this film. Again, it's a basketball film. It's street ball. It's 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 very macho. It's like it's a it's a lot of testosterone in this film. Yeah. I think Rosie Perez and Tyre Farrell do really well. Yes. In this film, like really well. Mm-hmm. I think the script gives Rosie Perez more than Tyra Farrell. Uh, yes, considerably. But I think both of them have this space that they are fully realized characters. Mm-hmm. And you completely understand the pathos involved with these women who are involved with these men mm-hmm. who are doing the best that they can. But the best that they can is just not that good. So they're so they're just, you know, they're cleaving to these men. And I love that it gives them a voice too. Yes. Yes, it does. So that it's a film that I think you can revisit regardless of what kind of mood you're in. Mm-hmm. Like you can you can just watch it as popcorny, it's entertaining, it's this, that, and the other, and you just watch it for it and, and watch Woody Harrelson and, and Wesley Snipes bounce off each other. They have amazing chemistry together. So much so that I think even the film would acknowledge that the great love story <laughs> in the film is between Sid and Billy. Yeah. By the yeah. end. You can watch it for that. It's some silly stuff. Or you can watch it on the level of this is this is commentary on how some people have to live 
and and it is a film that rewards viewings again and again and again. In my case, I have to say this afternoon was the first time I noticed how much the film speaks to Gloria has a bit of a drinking problem. A little bit, yeah. You yeah. know, and it's it's no big thing, but it's right there. And I was like, wow, this has been there every time I've watched it. Mm-hmm. And I never really noticed it. So, yeah, I'm a huge, huge fan of this film. Yeah, d- to that, though, she has a bit of a drinking problem in that she seemingly drinks a lot. But you don't, it's not like you see her drunk at all. Right. In the movie. And I think the drinking that you see her do more often than not is a byproduct of this on the edge life that she and Billy are living, especially because Billy, not once, but twice in this movie, blows their entire role. Yeah. You know? Um, and it's like, how many, and you know, it, it happened twice in this movie. This means this is probably number 199 and 200 times that it has happened. Mm-hmm. So that's a part of the, her drinking, um, along with just a little bit of the delusional, to a point, life that she lives, pie in the sky dream of getting on Jeopardy, um, that Billy and Sydney make come true for her. Yes. And I think right there you see what held them both together was each of them had a dream. He had a dream of the ultimate basketball hustle, right? And because every hustle that he was running into, even though he would, he would win some was not the ultimate hustle. He was always reaching, always reaching for more, always reaching for more. She had a goal. I want to get on jeopardy. I'm going to crush it. I'm going to win. Right. She got on jeopardy. She was prepared. She won. She She crushed it. The difference was the difference is, is that when you, when those opportunities come, you have to be prepared. You have to be prepared already with a plan of how you are going to maximize that opportunity, especially since you have been working so hard to put yourself in that position. And that is the difference between the two of them. And when that becomes crystallized in her mind, that's when, you know, spoiler for a almost 40 year old movie. She leaves. Yes. And when she left Billy, and I was already like in the bag for the movie, but I hadn't been seen it in forever. So I honestly forgot about the whole Jeopardy right. um, subplot and forgot everything about the ending of this movie. So when she leaves Billy and you get the sense that, oh, she's really gone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I said, well, you know what? I was in the bag for this movie, but now I'm right with you 
because that's real. Mm-hmm. That is 100% real where that couple would be at that moment. It was honest. It was authentic. It was each character acting at the height of their intelligence, Billy to the detriment of, of his intelligence and Gloria got her chance at the big league and she is out. Yeah. She's going to do what she's got to do. And I love that. I love that. And Rosie Perez, this is, to be fair, this is very young in all of their careers. Mm -hmm. The the oral history even uh, mentions that Wesley Snipes, he got cast in this before he got cast and did New Jack City. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, so this is early in his career. Right. At this at right. this point, he's just the other guy in Mo Better Blues. I was about to say, the quote is, he was the second lead in Mo Better Blues, and nobody saw no Mo Better Blues. Right. Yeah. And Woody is like the seventh name on Cheers. Yeah. And this is early in him moving into Cheers, so he kind of like is still trying to find his way there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, Rosie <laughs> Perez, very early in her career. This is like not too long removed from Do the Right Thing. That's right. Tyra Farrell very early in her career as well. So this is like the the building blocks for all four of these actors. And they do great work. You mentioned Tyra Farrell not giving a lot to do. Um, A lot of the scenes, she's walking around with their son on her hip. Mm -hmm. Um, But when she is giving something to do, not only does she crush the scene, she also adds to the very subtle narrative of this film in that she doesn't 100% approve of how Sydney makes money. Mm-hmm. You know, that he's a, he's a basketball hustler, but he's also like a little bit of a jack of all trades. He does like a carpenter thing. He does like a, um, a house thing. Yeah. He mentions like one or two other little side hustles. I don't think she 100% approves of it, but they have a conversation where she says, like, hey, you know, I'll just go get a job. I'm going to go get a job. And he says, no, no, I want you to be a housewife. I'm going to I'm going to make it work. I've been making it work. I'm going to continue to tr- try and make it work. I'm going to do what it's got, what I got to do for us. Yeah, she doesn't want She's not 100 percent with that. But she is with her man. Right. She is with her man every step of the way. And it's a perfect contrast mm-hmm. to, to this other couple. To the other couple, yeah. right? Because she, like you said, Tyra Farrell and Wesley Snipes, they're married. Yeah. They've got a they've got an apartment. They've got a child. Yeah. They've got plans to buy a house. He hustles. He's got four, but basketball is not his only hustle. This is the only hustle for Woody. Right. It's ball and nothing ball and nothing. Um, they love one another. When Wesley hustles Woody out of the money and Gloria comes over there to get the money back, Tyra's like, okay, you're not getting the money back. You're not getting the money back. I hear what you're saying, but you're not getting the money back. Right. Now, let's just figure out what else we can do. Right. Because great scene. Because that ain't happening. That's off the table. Love it. I I absolutely love it. Again, one hundred percent authentic. Yeah, and 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 
the, the story goes back and forth, you know, who's hustling who, they're hustling a couple of guys, they win some, they lose some. Um, there's these lone shark guys that are chasing Gloria and Woody. Um, they seem to catch them and then they they pull some kind of like, you know, fake fake murder um that, that at the end it's like okay you know it's whatever but you don't care because right. you're right you're just there exactly. hanging out with these guys right exactly you're hanging out with these with these with these guys watching them like you know just as you said love one another yeah fall in love with one another yeah you know at, at the end after gloria's left he Woody's sitting there with with Wesley. She ain't coming back. And Wesley's like, nah, bro. No, she's not. Let's go ball. Look. You know, and 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 that's really what the movie is about. The movie is about relationships. Mm-hmm. It's about relating to one another, two men relating to one another, men relating to women, friends relating to one another, how we we relate to one another on the basketball court where we're up in everybody's face talking the maddest smack. And then they're sitting in the living room, everybody commiserating over our Lakers game. Well, well, I, I think I, I think the word the word you used was a really good one. And it was sort of integrity and everyone everyone's sort of moving at the height of their intelligence Mm -hmm. because everyone is very true to their characters yes and again this is a testament to ron shelton right the director of bull durham and tin cup right and 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 the script where this is someone who is obviously a keen observer of humanity mm-hmm. he knows about male friendships mm-hmm. he knows about male relationships because i think this is one of the best depictions of men who aren't necessarily quote unquote friends yeah yeah but are brought together because of ball mm-hmm. there's a moment as you said where sydney goes to confront I'm sorry, where Billy goes to confront Sydney and and his boys who have hustled him and the basketball game is on in the background and they're going back and forth. And again, it's real. It's a lot of testosterone. Silk, um, Silk Cozart has one of my favorite lines where he says, I know you're not in here talking crazy and I got a gun in my hand <laughs> because he's cleaning his gun because, right. well, why wouldn't he be cleaning his gun? And then they all get distracted and pulled into the basketball game. They're on the television, yeah. And how many times have you been somewhere and there is some type of chaos? There is some type of brouhaha. Mm-hmm. But something is happening on some kind of game that that pulls everyone in. Yep, yep. It makes complete sense for Gloria to leave. It does, 100%. Does she come back two, three weeks after the film is over? The answer is maybe because these things have ebbs and flows. Mm-hmm. Is Billy going to mess it up? Probably. Yes. Are Rhonda and Sydney going to stay together? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. And they're going to figure out. And it is, it's, it's, it is just these relationships in this, this context, in this world. And one of the things that I love is how naturalistic race is in the film. Mm -hmm. Billy's whole hustle is that he's a white boy. And he goes on these courts that are predominantly black and he's kind of dressed sloppy and he hustles them because they underestimate him as a white boy. Right. At the same time, he's dating Rosie Perez in 1992. And one thing that the film acknowledges this is rosie perez in 1992 Mm -hmm. so she still is like this is rosie perez in 1992 and he has a bit of insecurity about having this this girlfriend that looks like rosie perez in 1992 around all these brothers Mm -hmm. there's never a moment in in this film where i think sydney would cheat on his wife no at all not at all not at all. But he is certainly not above flirting. Flirting and using that to get under Billy's skin. Right. And to be fair, he you only see him flirting with Gloria, and it is specifically just to get under Billy's skin. You know, so there's a bit back and forth about style that is informed by race. Mm-hmm. You know, the way ball is played. I mean, hell, the title of the film. White men can't jump is based on the stereotype that, well, white men can't jump. Yeah. And it plays with that. One thing that 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 critics and admirers of this film have talked about is that this is a type of film that it would be difficult to make now because of these issues of race Mm. that are kind of dealt with in this real crunchy manner with people throwing elbows and it's not really polite or po-faced, but yeah, it's, 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 I love this movie. It would be a hard film to make right now because film doesn't give you, especially the way movies are made now, doesn't give you the, the room to really sit with the characters. Like, Mm -hmm. can you, you sit with these characters in this movie films that are on the on the screens right now. Very few of them are made in su- in such a way because this is you know this is a populous film. Mm-hmm. So this would be a a streaming movie or a series, right? If you were to make it that, you make it as a series, you could have this conversation, right? You know, um, some might even say conversations of a sort of like this are what make the TV series Atlanta so great. Right. You know? Um, But I do want to talk a a little bit about one thing you said about Wesley Snipes having to be taught how to play basketball. Yes. Now, Wesley Snipes is, you know, we know, especially at this, this time of his life is a, physical specimen he yes. is an athletic man uh and a bit of a dancer as yes. we also know yes if you did not know that you would know that if you watched him play basketball 
Because Wesley Snipes looks like a dancer that plays basketball. How so? There were times where he had to go and make like behind the back passes or swirls behind his back. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you're, when you play basketball and mind you, I know they had to train him, but when you play basketball, there's a certain way you make those moves, right? It is just a certain fluidity to them. But when you're a dancer and you're doing those moves, there's more of a sway <laughs> in how you're passing over your shoulders. It was a bit of a flourish. There, 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 yes, there you go. There was a flourish. It was a bit of a flourish. There was a flourishing of flourishes. You, you didn't buy it. That's just how. That's just how Sid, like Sid, he was just no. No, just no. And nobody shoots layups right at the rim, like with their hand out like this. Like that. And that's what he was doing. He's he's not a good couldn't dribble. Like if you if you play basketball, right. you're looking at him like, okay, like y'all really need to speed that up. You don't right. really need right. to slow down what he's doing because this just looks you are actually making the defensive player look bad. Like, right, dog, the right. ball is right in your face. Right, like, right. And, and, but Woody Harrelson. Woody looked like, you looked know, like he, he plays basketball on the weekends. Right, right, right. His knew threes. what he was doing. His He knew his form. Yeah, his form. Was, was, looked on point. Yeah. You know? Um, so that that was, it's, I'm not going to say it took me out of it. Right, right. But considering as much smack as he was talking, I, I was like, was just, bruh. It was he was really good at that part. He was good at that part. He's really good at that part. It's like, bruh, come on, man. Yeah. I also want to say two other things. I would love to travel back in time and go to an a alternate universe mm-hmm. where Kadeem Hardison is really used to his fullest potential look in films even if it is just as the sidekick guy look because kadeem hardison he he you know i mean he's a he's a very good actor yeah. very talented but actor he pops he pops he, he pops. pulls focus so freaking well man look and if you cross reference this show whether we are talking about school days mm-hmm. whether we are talking about rapping mm-hmm. Whether we are talking about Vampire in Brooklyn, whether we are talking about I'm going to get you, sucker, mm-hmm. that Kadeem Hardison was the real secret and, as you said, underutilized weapon yep. of the 90s. Yes. Because yes. when he, he really does. Now, to be fair, he gets on a different world. And then he becomes that, you know, sure, that guy. Sure, he becomes sure. the star sure, of that right, show. Right. Like that's a great gig. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not knocking his hustle, but look, remember it, at that same time, Michael J. Fox is doing Family Ties, right? And then spending his summers making one or two movies. Yeah. And there's no reason why Kadeem Hardison uh, shouldn't have been doing. That I as well. 100% agree with you. I 100% agree with you. And again. It's a conversation that we keep having. I know. I know. 
I know. Because I, I could have watched him and, and Wesley Snipes. Yeah. Just sort of navigate this streetball world. I would love it. Yeah. And my last thing. Your last thing. Celebrating the women in this in this movie, we're huge fans of Rosie Perez. I love her chemistry with Woody Harrelson. Um, and I love the chemistry between Wesley Snipes and Tyra Farrell. But that Tyra Farrell. Yes, sir. That woman must be a vampire. Look. <laughs> because, yes, Ariel Johnson, this is a man moment. That Tyra Farrell is one of the finest women look I've ever seen. And watching this movie made me appreciate all the times that I have seen her. And then I had to go look up a filmography, look up Tyra Farrell. Tyra Farrell looks exactly the same. You know, we've we've discussed this before about African-American skin, and oftentimes it doesn't seem like it's affected by the passage of time. I think there's some type of saying about that. Uh, African-American skin doesn't seem to be affected yes. by the passage of time. It's a little catchier than what I'm saying. Well, you know what they say, African-American skin isn't affected by the passage of time. There's something a little catchier than that, but but yes. certainly she is a prime example. She is. She is. Mm, she is. She is Amazon Prime. Yeah. And on 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 the flip side, just about her her integrity and her mind, one of of the great talk about that anecdotes that comes out of of this oral history is Tyra Farrell's involvement Mm -hmm. in the making of the film. The first one, she talks about the fact, as you mentioned, this is early in her career and, and much like many of the players, like they wanted someone besides Wesley Snipes, Keanu Reeves probably would have gotten the role if he could have played even a bit of basketball instead of Woody Harrelson. A lot of other actresses were up for the role of Rhonda Mm -hmm. and Tyra Farrell went out for the role and, and she said, that she didn't think she was going to get it. But before she left, she said to the director, I am going to ask you to not just cast a black woman as Sid's wife, but a dark brown black woman, Mm -hmm. because we don't see images of black men loving and being affectionate to dark dark brown women. So this would be a great opportunity for that. And then, of course, she is cast. And as we've said, this man loves his wife. Yes, he does. And he loves his family. And his wife is a, is a dark-skinned black woman. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing. The second thing, as we've mentioned, and, and we, we talked about Kadeem Hardison doing extensive research for the, your, your mama jokes. Lot of footage of, of you because these are dudes. Like these are dudes, and and one of the great things about this film and the production of this film is it seems like the actors, they all really got to hang out and like mm-hmm. you know apparently they they were all shooting dice and betting and playing basketball, but the your mama jokes weren't scripted, 
So it was actually dudes going back and forth. And if you've ever been with some brothers and you're like, there is a vein of your mama jokes mm-hmm. that are, you know, your mama is so black, your mama is so dark, your mama hair is so nappy, so on and so forth. Tyra Farrell stepped in and said, is, is that bad that that your mother would be dark? Is that bad that your hair would be, you know, what we'd call nappy? Trying to go a little deeper than that. Yeah. And she also um, talked about their language. She talked about the language and the use of the word nigger. And 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 she said, why don't we elevate this a bit? And when you watch the film, none of the your mama jokes are based on these these anti-black sentiments mm-hmm. of being dark and, and, and your hair. And the word nigger is used one time in this film. And in a context that and it makes sense. In a context that makes sense. And that is 100% because of Tyra Farrell. Yes. So besides being an ageless beauty, she's also a, a woman with great integrity. Mm-hmm. So, you know, let's hear for Tyra Farrell. Let's hear for Amazon Prime. Yeah. So. So, Vincent, would you recommend that people watch White men can't jump. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And and this is another film that not only would I recommend it, but I would recommend it for people who have seen it and just haven't seen it recently. Yeah. And and, and look, it's fair to say most people haven't seen it recently. Yeah. Because it holds up. It holds up. It does. It, very it really does. Because up. outside of some of the fashion because it's not like you know it's just not sure. like they're not walking running around like you're at parties or anything like that outside of some of the fashion it really is just about people playing basketball yeah you know yeah and unfortunately i i think that the 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 subtextual commentary on life as the working poor mm-hmm. unfortunately still holds up very like there very are true. a lot of people who are hustling well even more now like there's a hustle come uh you know economy now right like right now how about that right now sid he he might actually be how about that really raking right if they remade it which oh my god please do not remake this but yeah sid would sid would be part of the gig economy yeah he'd be killing it so yeah i'd absolutely recommend this yeah i would recommend i would recommend this like yes Definitely watch this. Uh, it's a good film. It's a good film to, to put on. Sit, chill, watch. Sit with your with your lady, with family. You know your your kid. You know older kids. You know watch it. It's funny, insightful. Spark some conversations. Good movie. Good movie. A um, little bit of pulls on the heartstrings a little bit seeing uh, Alex Trebek up there. But yeah, how about that? But you know, how about that? It's cool. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is White Men Can't Jump, our review here on the Michaud Mission. Before we tell you what we are going to be reviewing next week, I invite you all to check out the Michaud Mission. Go to, where can you go? I'll tell you exactly where you can go. You can go to michaudmission.com. That's where you can go. Two Men, One Podcast, every Black film ever made. Go there and hit swag and check out all of the cool swag that we have available for you by way of our good friends at T public, including our 
Six Degrees of Durville Martin collection and our Sun Sonic shirt, which I saw that someone in the chat said they just received their, nice. their shirt. So check that out. If you want to tell us what's on your mind, email us at mission at gmail.com. You can also leave us a voicemail at 215-867-9666. Tell Vincent and Len what's on your mind. You can also tell us what which one of our old reviews you want to hear on our previously on the Michaud Mission show that actually went out today on your podcast feed. We are featuring right in time for the premiere of the sequel later this week. It's our 2018 review of Black Panther available on your podcast feed right now under the Michaud Mission. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Michaud Mission. Subscribe to the Michaud Mission on YouTube.com at Michaud Mission. And please give us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts as we make our way to 200 reviews. Really appreciate it. If you want to really help us and you, you know, you, you, you can't get a t-shirt or a gift right now, then this is, this is free. Just do it. It takes a couple of seconds. All right. The Michelle Mission is a proud member of the Podglomerate, thepodglomerate.com. They make podcasts work. Okie dokie. Oh, little bit of a programming note. Shout out to our social media director, Toya Haynes. She and her good friend, Nikki, they've got a podcast called The After Show After Party, available yeah. wherever you find podcasts. They've got an episode up right now where they are reviewing. They are. Oops. I got to take this down and then I put this up. They are reviewing. <laughs> Can't Stop, Won't Stop. A Bad Boy Story. All right. The 2017 Netflix uh, documentary. That is available right now on Netflix. I just said that. <laughs> so check that out. Um, next week here on the Michelle Mission, <clears throat> it's my turn. It sure is. I'm going to 1994. Uh-uh. And if you don't know me by now, I'm a geek. And I'm not a geek for anime, even though I love anime. Sure, sure, sure. I like some sci-fi. Absolutely. Love me some movies. You do. But my geek begins with the world of superheroes. Absolutely. And on the Michelle Mission, there's very few opportunities that are presented to us to review black superheroes. We talked about Steel earlier. We did talk about Steel earlier, but which we actually did review. Yes. But this is a black superhero we have yet to review ah until now ah from 1994 next week we will be reviewing blank man blank man starring one damon wayans and david allen greer yes sir next week on the michelle mission oh my goodness i cannot wait i cannot wait until then he's vince I'm Len, and in parting, we say, we'll see you when it's time to meet again.